right blessed we are. That's what we've been talking about. A couple people are wearing the shirts. I am too. But Trish says mine was too tight, so I had to throw some on over. <laughs> My good one got a stain on it. Did you ever do that with coffee? You know, like, it's like a hole in your chin or something. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, but we are blessed, anyhow, the shirt says blessed, so we are blessed, right? Not because of the worldly things we have or because we can come into a nice, clean space like this to worship God, but we're blessed because of God, right? Because of what the Lord has done for us. I mean, that he loves us, that he sent his son Jesus for us, and that's it. We're blessed because of that right there, not for one thing that you have. Not for the house you live in, not for the country you live in, not for anything else, because all of those things we know are going to perish. The only thing that matters is what comes from above. And we are blessed. We are very, very blessed. That um, We talked about that G24 blessed, right? Every 24-hour day that God gives you, you're blessed. It's a blessing, right? It's a gift from God. It's a gift Every 24 hours, and, and we're going to live our lives saying, God, thank you for this, right? The things of this world don't matter. This may be my last 24 hours, and I'm going to, I'm going to worship God in it, right? I'm going to live my life for the Lord in it. And so uh, in this talk about being blessed, we, we talked about how um, only turkeys worship turkeys, right? And uh, how blessed truly means things from heaven. Last week, we uh, opened a gift, and I'm excited because we're going to open a gift again today. Woohoo! Because we all love opening gifts. And so last week, the gift was what? Right, we have the gift of joy. God has blessed us. That's a true gift, right? Joy. Because you can't buy that, can you? I mean, you might get temporary joy somewhere, right? We all get that, right? We live through life, and we look forward to the birth of a child or a wedding or, you know, things that are coming up that are good and make us feel good. But we know that's not true joy. That's just temporary. Because it's going to come, and it's going to go. It's going to pass. Right? And that teenager, you know, that baby. Okay, so you know what I mean. All right, you get it. That passes. Today's word is, get ready for it. Here it comes. Are you ready? Pain? <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. You can do it. Rise. You'll rise. There it is. All right, so the word is hope. All right, hope. Hope. That's going to be right there in your mind, right there. Hope, that balloon over there. Hope is our word, the gift of hope. I mean, and that is an awesome gift, isn't it? I mean, hope, hope on the earth. You take away Jesus. If Jesus doesn't come, we have none of that. We have no hope. But because Jesus came, we have a hope that is out of this world. And we're not talking about like just this wishful thinking kind of hope or, or the things of this earth kind of hope, the plans of earth that are kind of limited and temporary. We're, we're, we're not talking about the little H hope. Right, that we all kind of look forward to things that happen and our kids are going to be in a program tonight and we're looking forward to that and puts a smile on our face and it feels good and Christmas is coming and our kids are all joyful because they're going to get cool toys. But you know what happens to those toys, right? Yeah, you know what happens to those same things that happen to all the small H's in the world. They all rot or fall apart or they pass. They don't last forever. They're just part of the earth. They're little H's. What we're looking forward to is the big H, the big H hope, a hope that isn't of this earth. It's from heaven, and it's come down to earth. And, and that's the, the key difference between a believer and a non-believer, really, is that our hope isn't from the planet. 
Our hope has come from somewhere else. It's come from heaven. It's Jesus, right? And all that he brings and all the promises that we have in Christ, that's the big H. And only as a believer do we, can we claim that. Non-believers don't. It's no, it's no, it's no you know, surprise that the people of this world who don't have Christ live from day to day. A small H hope. They just live from one kind of fix whether it's drugs or a toy or money or a career, they just live from one fix to the next because they don't know an eternal hope. That hope is only for believers who know Christ, who have come to to believe in him and accept Jesus as Lord, the one who came from heaven to earth. That's a big H. And only believers, only Christians can claim that H. Isn't that awesome? God has invited all people, but, but he's opened your eyes to that. He's opened my eyes to that. How blessed is that, right? I mean, there's people all around the world who have never come to know that yet. Right? Your friends, your neighbors that don't know that. They don't have that big hope in their life. They're just living for the things of this world. You know, how sad is that? You know, and, 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 and something that dawned on me this week was, um, you know, sometimes even as believers, we, we don't know... It's hard to, to pinpoint whether we're, we're living in that hope or in Christ the way that we ought to be. You know, sometimes we second-guess. I know I second-guess myself. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I thinking the way I'm supposed to be thinking? Am I believing the way I'm supposed to be believing? Am I doing this right? right? It's very human for us to think that, right? But then it, it also dawned on me that, that if my mind, before I knew Christ, okay, go back, before you knew Christ, my mind wasn't on God at all. My mind was on things of this world. You know, what I'm going to do tomorrow, what I'm going to do today, what's coming up in this weekend. I, I just was thinking about the things. I did not have any thoughts about God or honoring God or worshiping God. Those thoughts were not in my mind. I was lost, right, without hope. But as a believer, my mind is always on things above. I mean, always. I'm not perfect. I don't get things right all the time. I mess up. I do. But I know my heart and my mind is on him all the time. All the time. And that's the difference between living a life for Christ with the hope of Christ or just living in this world with the small H's of the world. There's a big difference between that. And we're talking about this big H. You know, everybody knows what it's like to be disappointed, right? We all know what it, what it is to hope for something and it doesn't happen. That happens a lot in this world, right? You hope for something, for whatever it is, whatever event or wherever you're going or some vacation or some trip or whatever it may be, you've got your little hope set on doing that thing. And then sometimes it happens and sometimes it just falls through. It just doesn't happen. That's the small H of the world. It's a 50-50 shot. Maybe not even that. It might happen. It may not happen. Something might come up and your, your hope is crushed because you put it on something of this earth. Right? And we know what that's like. I want to share with you a couple things. Two verses. I want to share with you three truths about real hope. Real hope. Okay? Are you ready, buddy? Here we go. Real hope. Number one, real hope. Get this in your mind, and we're going to go there. Romans chapter 5, you can flip there, it's going to be on your screen. Romans 5, real hope is a hope, and this is why we're blessed, is a hope that does not let you down. Okay, get that right. Okay, because all the things of this world 
will let you down at some point. Even your spouse. I know, I know. Hard to believe. But they will, right? Believe it or not, I have let Trish down. I know that's hard for some of you to believe. I just, no. But just talk, no, don't talk to her. <laughs> Please don't talk to her. <laughs> She's got, she doesn't keep a list. She threw it out a long time ago. <laughs> but she could tell you all the ways that I am not perfect. Or even close, even close. Plenty of weaknesses. But real hope in, in God will never let you down. I mean, that's, that's, doesn't that make you feel like, whoa, that's awesome. I can connect myself to something that is solid and eternal that will never let me down. I mean, how awesome is that? I can like put my, uh, my, my carabiner onto God and connect myself to him. And in him, I will be secure and safe no matter what happens in this world or what, what I may do, how my weaknesses might lead me or, or what, how I may stumble or fall. God will never let me down. And it's good to know that when I fall, I will always land on something solid in him. Not so in the world. You will not land on the rock if you're not living on the rock. But if you're living on the rock, you will always land there. Romans 5, look with me there. Romans 5. Check out what Paul's saying. He's talking about uh, being justified by faith. He talks about Abraham in chapter 4 and how faith, faith is the, the link that connects us to God, right? That God has done all these things that he has done. And our faith in him is the thing that connects us to God. Faith in Christ, right? Faith in God. Faith in his word. Faith in him. And that faith is what connects us to, to the hope that will never let us down. But without that faith, you can't claim that hope. Only in the hope can we claim what God has for us. Look what Paul says. Therefore, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through, look what he says, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, though, or through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Look what he says. We're going to stop right here. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. <laughs> Just look at those verses. Check this out. He says, therefore, because we're justified by faith, because our faith brings us into a relationship with God, we are made right. Right? Our sins can be washed away. We can be cleansed. We can come back into a relationship with God. We can be justified in Christ through our faith in him. That's amazing. Right? Only God can do that. You and I, nobody on the planet, nobody that's ever lived or will ever live can ever do that for you. Only God can do that. And he chose through Jesus, through our Lord Jesus Christ, that look what he says, we can have peace with God. No hostility between us and God through Jesus. When we come into a relationship with him through our faith and we connect with Jesus, we can have peace with God. How awesome is that? Does that not like just put a joy in your heart? I mean, it ought to. I mean, that gift right here that we're talking about is greater than any gift you'll ever get on this planet. There is nothing money can ever buy that will ever be as good as this right here. That God, through Jesus Christ, and what Jesus went through for you, 
you can have peace again with God. That's the big H hope that we want to live in and hold on to and put first. And then not just that, but we want other people to know that. Right? So we're not going to just hog that for me. We're going to do everything I can to help other people understand that if they don't have Jesus, that big H hope, that they're just living with a secondary hope that doesn't last. It's going to perish. It's going to fade away. It's going to spoil. Look what he says here. It's amazing. Verse 2, through whom we have, look at that word, gained access. We can come back into the presence of God. We have gained access, how? By faith, by our link to Jesus, by our decision of our heart to say, God, I need you in my life. I'm lost, I'm a sinner, I'm without you, and I need what you have done for me and for all of mankind. I need that in my life. And through faith, through my belief, I can have that access, that backstage access to God. You don't get that any other way. There's no other way to get that access. He says, by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We talked about the armor of God, right? Last bunch of weeks, the armor of God. And on that armor, we take our stand because that armor is us fighting with everything in us, putting on the full armor of God to do what? To stay in the presence of God. Because in God, that's where we take our stand because the battle belongs to him. And our, our goal, our purpose, our effort is to stay in his presence where we are protected. Look what he said. In this grace, we take our stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So if we're going to brag about anything on the planet, it isn't going to be about the stuff of the world. We might boast on our kids. We might boast on some of the accomplishments that our kids make, never on ours, but on theirs for sure we might. But we know that's a small b. The big B boast is that you know Jesus. And in him we have a hope. And we can boast in the hope of the glory of God because the world needs that too. Paul is talking about this armor in which we now stand. Verse 3, look at verse 3. Thank you. He says, not only so, but we also, he says, we also glory in our, say the word with me, sufferings. Look at that. Do you glory in your sufferings? Man, I love to suffer. This is so awesome. This is good stuff. No, we don't boast in our sufferings or glory in our sufferings, but, but if they're in Christ, we do. Because we understand we're living in hostile territory. The persecuted church we're going to hear about Wednesday night, they're suffering, yeah, and they're, they're down, and they're beat down, and they're not allowed to, to be public with what their faith is all about, but deep within them, they understand that they are suffering for Christ. Right? And that's the only thing that will ever pull them through that. It's knowing that our, our, our temporary sufferings are going to lead to us eternal life. And that's the only bit of truth that will get them through. And that's the only bit of truth that will get you and I through. He says, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering, and look at the next word, produces perseverance, 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 character, and character, hope, right? So the final outcome of our life in Christ is that we have hope. And all these things that are happening to you right now are to produce in us hope. We boast in hope. We know that 
that what God's doing in our life is going to produce hope. And so we might not be there now. We might be a long way off. We might just begin, be beginning this little process or this journey of discovering true hope and letting go of the little hopes, letting them go, just not worrying about them anymore, and grabbing on to the big hope. We, we're going to be all over the place in this room and among people of where we are on our journey in that, but it's producing, it's developing this in our life, it's growing this in our life. Verse 5, look what he says, and hope, here it is, here's our point, and hope does not put us to shame. It doesn't disappoint. God's hope, hope in God, does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. Isn't that good news? That's good news. Because this hope, real, real hope, will never disappoint you. It will never put you to shame. Real hope doesn't let up. God will never give up. He will never throw in the towel and let you down like the world will. He doesn't leave you standing there lost and naked by yourself, ever. Because that's who he is. Because he loves you so much that he will stand with you to the end. And hope in God will never, ever let you down. It will never leave you disappointed. It will always come through. Always. Why? Because of Christ. Because of what Christ has done on the earth for you. And because of your faith in him. Number two, first hope that will never let you down and will never disappoint you. And number two, the real, the real gift of hope, why we're blessed, not because we have stuff, not because we have cool clothes and cool iPhones. That's not why we're blessed. In fact, we'd probably be better off without those things, right? We, we would all agree to that. I think we'd all agree we'd be better off with less. If you've ever gone out of the country, I hope some of you will go with us to Haiti next year when we go. But you're going to see people who have nothing but are blessed. And they're better off. They're really, in the end, better off without, nothing, without anything. Because all this stuff, all it does is crowd out what's real. It crowds out the things that are more important. Right? And we're chasing after stuff that doesn't matter. We're protecting things that don't matter. We're, we're, we're financing things that don't matter. And we're investing in stuff that doesn't matter. And the things that matter the most, the things that are eternal, we, we push out as Americans. As, as nations that have a lot, we push out the things that are most important. And we're blessed because of hope. And, and number two, real hope is alive. And real hope is alive. It's living. It's alive. It's not a dead hope. It's not wishful thinking kind of hope. It's not a thought or an idea or a maybe. It's not a treasure of this earth kind of hope. It isn't one of those little H's. It's alive and it's moving and it's growing and it's active and it's growing in us. Just like Paul said in Romans 5, it's producing in us. That means it's alive and it's growing in us. It's the living, breathing, sharper than any double-edged sword, living in us through the Holy Spirit, sword, Double-edged sword, living word of God, right? The eternal, get this, the eternal living word of God, not on paper, but Jesus himself is living in you. That's the hope that's alive in you. Jesus in you. And because Jesus wants to come and live in you, right, through faith, through belief in him and what he's done for us, that hope 
he brings with him the hope for all mankind. The only hope that we will ever grab onto that is alive and that will never disappoint you. Go with me to 1 Peter, if you would. Flip there. It's going to be on the screen, but, but also go there in, in the Word with me. Okay, Cause, so you can look at your own Word here. 1 Peter, he's talking about this, this hope, this, this alive hope. And this is so awesome stuff. Peter says in verse 3 of chapter 1, he says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is so cool because before Peter says too much to them, I mean, it's chapter 1, it's verse 3. He hasn't said a whole lot yet, but he's going to say, let me just tell you this. I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff in, in my book, Peter says, but I already want you to know we can give God thanks right now. Before we even begin, for all that he has done, and for what Peter's about to tell us that he's done, just go ahead and give God thanks right now. Because he has blessed you. He has poured out for you. He has called you his own. Right? He has sent his only son to die, to, to pay a penalty that you can't pay, to bring you back into a presence that you can never get into. So just right off the top, give thanks. He says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, right? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he says. In his great mercy, right? He looked down at you and he saw us wandering and lost. In his great mercy for you and his compassionate heart for you, he has given us new birth. He's given it to you. That's a gift. That's a gift that this world can't touch. That's a gift that's greater than anything on the planet. God has blessed us with so many gifts that this world can't even compare to. All of the treasures of the earth will never compare to the blessings that we have in Christ. And he has has given us a new birth, right? This seed of Christ that's now living in you, this new birth in you that you can be born again in God that your past life can be forgiven and your sins forgiven and washed clean and that you can have this new living birth in Christ, free from sin, free from shame, washed clean, a do-over, right? Because we messed it up and now God says, I want to give you another chance. How gracious is that? I mean, what an awesome God, right? That he gives us another chance to get it right. I mean, he made us. He didn't have to do that. Why didn't we just honor him the first time? Right? Why didn't we just get it right the first time? Because we're human. Because we're tempted. And because we're weak. And so God gives us a second chance. Look what he says. He has given us new birth into a living hope. (laughs) A living hope, right? Not a stagnant, not emotionless hope. Not one that's dead or in the past or some kind of part of the history of the early church father's hope. This is a living hope. The word actually means, living means dynamic or vital or alive. It's like that living water flowing from a, from a, from a spring. And the spring is God. And the living water flows from God to you. It's a hope that's alive and it's growing and it's fresh and it's from heaven. Right? It's from heaven. 
what he says here. He says, he has given you this new birth into a living hope. And, I, and you need to know, we all need to know that this hope, this living hope, was not cheap. And it was not free. It cost someone dearly. And look what he says here. Through what? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the end result. The end result is Jesus Christ rises from the dead, conquering death, paying the penalty for your sin, and now afterwards we all have hope in Him, by our faith in Him. But prior to the resurrection of the dead, we have God creating the earth, right? Us falling away, rebelling from God. We have God sending Jesus to the earth. Jesus lets go of everything that He has, and He comes to this earth, and He lives this perfect life, and in the end, He's beaten, and He's mocked, and He goes through all kinds of harsh treatment. And then He's nailed to a cross. And then He's put in a tomb. He went through a lot so that we can have hope at the end. And it's only through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead do we have any hope at all. The resurrection is so key to our hope. In fact, Christianity is the only ones who can claim this hope. Our, our belief system is the only one that has a Savior who died and rose from the dead and is alive today. No other religion in the world can, can, can claim that. Only our faith, only the Word of God, only Jesus Christ, and only Christians can claim a hope that is forever because we have a Savior who came, lived, died, and rose again. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have hope. And only in the resurrection does this hope even make sense. Without the resurrection... All we have is a small h hope, right? Paul said it like this in, in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, in Christ, listen to this, in Christ, if our hope is for this life only, then we are fools. You hear what he's saying? If our hope is for just this world and our life on this planet, we are fools above everyone else. But, he says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died or those who have fallen asleep. Christ did rise, and because he rose, that little age can be turned into a big age, and we can grab onto a hope that is beyond this planet, beyond this world, a hope that is forever. Do you think, do you think the world needs to hear about that? Do you think your friends need to hear about that? I mean, don't you think we need to be reminded of this? Because we so, so easily get entangled in the things of this world. And we need to be reminded that our hope isn't about this planet. Who cares, really? In the end, in 100 years from now, it isn't going to matter to you. Trust me, it won't. Maybe in 50. Less than that for some of us. Right? It isn't going to matter. The stuff of this planet isn't going to matter. It might matter to our kids and our grandkids, yes. But to you, and when you stand before God and in 30 years from now or 100 years from now, none of this stuff is going to matter. It's not going to matter at all. This is, this is true hope, right? It's a live hope. It's through the resurrection of, of Christ kind of hope. It's the vine of God from heaven reaching down, wanting to grow healthy branches that bear fruit. God wanting us to connect to him 
right? Grabbing on to the hope of heaven that has come down, that God has sent down his son, the living vine that we can connect our lives to. And if we're not connected to that vine, we are lost forever. He wants to reach down and grab us and connect us to him so that we would bear fruit, that others would connect to him, and we would add new branches because the branches that are alive in God are alive with hope. That's good news. And number three, the last thing is this. This hope, we're going to stay in 1 Peter, this hope, real hope, number three, comes with, get this, this comes with a real inheritance. How awesome is that? Right? comes with a real inheritance. It will never let you down, this hope. It's alive and moving, and God wants us to jump in with him and come alive in him. But thirdly, this hope, this hope comes with a real inheritance. I don't know if you've ever inherited money or inherited anything, but it's kind of exciting, isn't it? I mean, it is. Not that your parents passed away, or your grandparents, I mean, that's not cool. But the fact that you get an inheritance at some point, oh, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, $50,000, $100,000, $1 million maybe. You know? But it, it won't last forever. It, most times, it doesn't last even a year. Right? It like, it's like sand through your hands. It's gone. In a, in a matter of time, all of that inheritance is gone. And if it isn't gone... When you die, guess what? You won't be taking it with you. It won't be in the coffin. Right? You're not going to take it with you anywhere. It's staying. Somebody else is going to get that. Right? Leave it to the church. Okay? We can do some good things with that. <laughs> Steve told me to put that plug in. <laughs> hey, we can do good things with it. Right, Steve? That's right. We could reach some people with that. Waypoint could use it. Where's Dave? Where's Dave? Oh, here, Dave. Okay, Dave. Dave says, yes, leave it to Waypoint. We'll use it. This inheritance, right, check it out. I hope you got your Bibles open to 1 Peter. This inheritance is like, it's not made of stuff. It's not made of things of this earth. It is eternal. It is forever. It will never, it will never let you down. It is the real inheritance, the real hope. And, it's, and the cool thing is it's waiting for you now. It's not something you have to wait for. When you let Christ in through faith, you claim it now. The inheritance begins now with you and Christ in your life. God's glorious riches, if you can even imagine what that is even close to being like, all of those become yours in him. The riches of heaven. Compared to the riches of this earth, this stuff is trash. It's rubbish, Paul said. It's all rubbish. Our coolest stuff is rubbish compared to the riches and the glories of heaven. I mean, we've got to get our mind wrapped on that and, and be wise as we live our lives, as we give ourselves. And verse 3 says, look, he has given us this new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of, the, of, of Jesus Christ. Right, Verse 4, and look what he says, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's forever. That's an inheritance that will never run out. That's an inheritance that will never perish, it will never spoil, and it will never fade. It's heavenly. It's a heavenly inheritance. It's incorruptible and indestructible. It can't be taken away. It can't be spent. It can't be used up. It can't be lost or stolen. Or the government can't come in and say, you didn't read the fine print. This is an inheritance 
that is sure. It's secure, and it's yours, and it has no shelf life at all. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know where you're at, but I can tell you this. That is good news. The fact that God, that God would allow us individually as human beings to connect to him is one thing. But then to, to, to look forward to inheritance that has no shelf life, that is eternal, and it gets better here in a second, to have that too, I mean, I'm all in. I'm all in on that. I don't know about you, but I'm all in on that. That's something to sell out for completely, right? That's something to give my life for and to help other people learn about. That's, that's what I'm all about. That's what I want to be about. Look what he says. This new life, this living, this living hope, this inheritance, he says, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Okay, that's, that's pretty good too, right? Because kept means, when he says kept, you see the word kept? There it is, okay. Kind of blurry that way. Uh, kept Kept means guarded. It's a military term, and it means in heaven, God's angels, God himself, are guarding your inheritance. Do you think anybody can touch that? Nothing, no power, no evil, no devil, no demon will take away that inheritance that you have coming right now in Christ. What more is there? I mean, that inheritance is crazy. It's amazing. It's huge. You can't buy that. That's eternal. That's heaven. That's all of God's riches are yours in him, and they're protected by him, and they're for you now. They're kept in heaven for you. They're sure. They're secure. They're in a safe, in a vault in heaven. Nobody will touch them. Nobody. Verse 5. Who, through faith, Here we go, this uh, armor talk again. Are shielded, right? We're protected. The armor of God, we are shielded by God's power, His divine power that demolishes strongholds, that tears down walls, that that destroys authorities and rulers in heavenly places. God's divine power is like shielding you, but only in Him. You get outside of Him and you're in trouble. You're a free game, but you get inside of Christ and nothing can touch you. Nothing, no one. Look what he says, and this stuff is shielded by God's power until when? Until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. One day. Salvation is ours now through Christ, and we're living this inheritance now as we live our lives and we set our mind on things above, and we're living for God right now. But one day, salvation is going to come. Christ is going to come. That final, that feast of the trumpets, right? That trumpet blast that we talked about a few weeks ago is going to sound, and Jesus is going to return, and you're going to receive that inheritance that we're waiting for. Nobody can take that away. Nobody can touch that. Nobody can divide you from that, and it is... Sure, it is an inheritance that is for real, right? One that is kept in heaven for you. uh, Peter goes on to say, in this, in all of this, right, you greatly rejoice. I hope you do. I really do. I mean, we live, we should live lives that are just, I mean, the kingdom of God is truly a party. I mean, it's a celebration. 
We are not in the dark anymore. We have been brought into this wonderful light and all the glories of God and the riches of God are inheritance for us and they're sure and they're secure and they're promises of God. And as long as we stay in Christ and stay in there, this life on this planet, as miserable as it can be at times and as dark as the world seems to get, we can live, we can live with this sense of celebration in Christ because of what he's done for us and what we're looking forward to. Kingdom is a party. And that's why we can have joy, right? Because of the promises. And look what Peter goes on to say. A little warning. By the way, by the way, we, in this we greatly rejoice, but although for now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Your short span of 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years on this planet, you may have to suffer for a little while, but your inheritance is forever. And compared to a little while, a little while, 100 years is nothing compared to eternity. He says, though for a little while, later on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, he calls these things momentary afflictions. Momentary. <laughs> because compared to eternity, they're momentary. Even though they may last a day or a week or, or months for us at times, maybe years. Maybe, maybe you're born into a country where you are persecuted, and you live your whole life in a persecuted state. As cruel and as rough as that could be, it's momentary compared to eternity. And that's what these saints have to hold on to. Right? See, they have it better than we do in some ways. We have to fight through the stuff. You know what I mean? We, we're drowning in the, in the clutter of this world and all the toys and the bling. This is hard for, for Americans. I think it is. I think this is the hardest mission field on the planet because we have way too much to distract us. Know this, God, God knows the plans that he has for you. God knows the plans, right? Plans for good, not evil. Plans for a hope for you and plans for a future. For you. And that's what the inheritance is all about. It's about your future. Our hope, real hope, is beyond. Okay, it's not a little H of the planet. It's a big H that is beyond this world. Connect to that hope. Okay, grab on to that hope. Receive that hope. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. It's why you're blessed. It's because God has given us a hope that is beyond the world. It's beyond everything of the world. It's future. It's, it's your eternal living accommodations for eternity. All you got to do is come into, into, into faith in Christ, right? You just accept Jesus and what he's done for you, and you let him wash away your sins, and you line yourself up under his truth. You just do that. I mean, you could choose lots of ways to live on the planet, but this is the best. It doesn't get better any, any better than this. We just talked about hope. The world. You will not find this hope anywhere in the world, anywhere in the universe. Go look. It's not there. The only place you find this hope is in this Savior, Jesus Christ. So I say, what are you waiting for? Like, line yourself up with him now. Accept what he's done for you and, and step into his riches and his inheritance now. Don't, don't put it off.
Don't put it on.